What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Baseball Insiders Podcast with Mark Carmen and Robert Murray. We got a lot to cover today on the Baseball Insiders with my hero, a man I believe I owe a meal to, just like I owe a meal to Matt Verderam and Ben Heisler from the Stacking the Box Podcast. I owe you. Robert Murray. Three meals, Carm? Three meals, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, hey, whatever you want, pal. You got to pay your debts in life. You know, you got to be honest in life. When you lose an election, you got to tell the truth. And we are here to tell the truth, damn, on the Baseball Insiders. What's up, buddy? Oh, not much, man. I'm already salivating thinking of that uh, that nice meal. I'm thinking maybe like a a 50-ounce ribeye. 50-ounce ribeye? Yeah. I mean, those go for, what, like 200 bucks? I'm letting you off a little easy, so... I, I was thinking go. more along the lines of something that's familiar to you, like a banana or a, or upper level of Chipotle. But if you want to go ribeye, buddy, you 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 do you. I know that protein yeah. takes you to the next level. So speaking of Chipotle, I went last night, Carm. Uh-huh. I got a burrito, double uh, carnitas mm-hmm. uh, with a Coca Cola. Mm-hmm. It cost me nineteen ninety nine. It was. I was absolutely flabbergasted, Carm. I don't know if they jacked their prices up or what, but um, I, I feel like I got ripped off. Well, hold on. You got double meat. Did you get guac? I did. So you got double meat. You got guac. And that, and, and just a Coke? No um, no actual full guac and chips? Or was there a guac and chips? No, that- no guac and chips. Just burrito, double meat, guacamole, and a Coke. 20 bucks. Yeah. It's, you're a bit. You're a big man on campus. You can afford it. Hey, uh, and the prayers up to uh, all of us that inflation gets under control here at some point, and we can all go back to paying what we used to pay when we complained about that, but would forever be happy right now. All right, Bert, it's busy time. So, hey, everybody, jump in, in the chat with anything you want, uh, Robert, to answer or myself for that matter. But uh, huge day tomorrow. For the best in baseball, New York Yankees, not the game, but off the field, arbitration hearing, 
Aaron Judge. Will this get contentious? Most likely it will. The Yankees, of course, sitting 50 and 17. That's 12 games up on Toronto. By the way, we've got some Blue Jays talk coming up for you. By far the best record in baseball. Uh, shout out to the New York Mets, by the way, who have the second most wins. So New York really enjoying their summer on the baseball front. Yep. But uh, this is, uh, you know, th- this, you know, the Yankees fans remember how contentious it got with Dylan Batances. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe that they're in this spot with Aaron Judge. And the only reason for the record, like, if you're kind of like, trying to figure out in your mind, why are they doing this now? And normally we don't have arbitration hearings in June. It's because of the lockout. So all this stuff spilled over. But where do you think we're at here, Bert? Yeah, the hearing is scheduled for tomorrow, and there's been little progress in talks. So right now it appear it would be all systems go for this arbitration hearing, and that is a very scary thing uh, for the Yankees because if you're taking Aaron Judge, who is your superstar, who has been the center of this 50-17 and 17 run, to an arbitration hearing, it could fracture that relationship because for years um, you hear these stories about teams taking their players to arbitration, then ripping them in front of their faces and those relationships not recovering from it. Um, so it's to me, it would not be worth the risk. The Yankees um, are trying to pay Judge $17 million and Judge is trying to get $21 million, so there's a $4 million gap. Um, the middle... If I was them, I'd try to meet at the middle at $19 million, but it does not appear like we're at that point. And the thing for the Yankees um, and for the, also the arbitration people uh, that are going to be overhearing this, if there is indeed a hearing, um, is they cannot factor this year's stats into the equation. Um, and um, He's rolling. I know that, that could be tough because, I mean, unless you've been like living under a rock, you have to be aware of what Aaron Judge is doing. Um, and they got to factor in last year's numbers, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a risk by the Yankees. I don't think I, it would be one that I would take. I think it's rare that our baseball insider fans would be under a rock, but just in case, Aaron Judge leads baseball in homers with 25, second in slugging percentage, 654, fifth in RBIs. He's on pace, by the way. If you take that home run number out. That means he's going to hit 60 damn three home runs. But what's interesting to me, speaking of the potential contentiousness, the uh, who knows what this relationship will be. The Yankees offered him in the offseason eight years and $230 million, $30.5 million per year, which Judge turned down. And then Judge was pissed that Brian Cashman made the offer public. Hey, y'all want us to sign Aaron Judge? Offered him over $30 million a year, and the dude turned it down. So just want to let you know the Yankees are doing our part. We think that Aaron believes he's worth more than he actually is. And Judge was pissed about this. So mm-hmm. I don't know what you have behind the scenes on this, Bert, as far as uh, how the Yankees handled it and, and what the reaction was to that. Yeah, so one thing I would imagine is going to be point one or two that they make from Judge's side in this hearing, if they go to the hearing, is that they offered him $30 million before the season even started, um, when in reality, right now for this season, they're trying to pay him $17 million. That's going to be a very prominent point. But, um, yeah, it's I'm telling you, Carm, I've, I've talked to plenty of different people around baseball who would not 
do this if they were the Yankees. They would not go to this hearing, especially since he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Um, and surely if they take him to the hearing and they bash him in front of his face, that is probably going to be on his mind because if he got upset with the offer being made public by the Yankees, he's going to be really upset by getting ripped in front of his face for it, um, oh. for for like all this stuff that's not like, yeah. Chad is open, by the way, as I see some coming in. Uh, we'll get to him in a, in a bit here, so jump on in. But look, uh, okay, Let, let's just rewind back for a second here. Mm-hmm. $30.5 million would have made him the highest paid – Player position player behind Garrett Cole, uh, who obviously is a pitcher in Yankees yep. history. Okay, second highest average annual value of any outfielder in the game, only behind Mike Trout. All right, is Aaron overvaluing himself, Bert? What do, what do people think in the industry? So before the season, they thought that he was overvaluing himself um, because turning down that money with I mean, obviously, he was a very good player before that, but he also dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, and, like, turning that down was a huge gamble, but he bet on himself. And lo and behold, now, like, that would have been undervaluing himself. Because he's going to, from what they offered him in that contract, um, he's going to get a, a, a much higher amount more um, than what that previous offer was. And, um, if he continues at this pace, but regardless, he's going to get more money than what the Yankees offered him. And it's just, it's a matter of where that money comes from, because when you have, let's say five or six other teams in the off season who could afford them are going to be in, um, the Yankees are going to have, they're going to be in a bidding war. And that's exactly what they want to avoid because that just drives their market even higher. Um, and that was a risk that they made with not offering him more before the season, but from their side, I understand it just because there was so much risk, but now they're going to end up having to pay more to keep them. I get, by the way, this is hard for any of us who make five or six figures or even our really rich baseball insider fans who are in the low seven figures. I hope you're out there. Congratulations. That's amazing. Um, to yeah, under- also, Hunter Armour, um, a very good fan-sided person uh, who we deal with a lot said the Giants have a deep, deep pocketbook and that they have plenty of money to spend. That was the number one team that I had in mind when I was thinking about other suitors for judge. Oh, okay. Hey, Hey, I'm just, I'm, I, I wouldn't rule out the Giants or any, maybe the Cubs will be interested in Aaron judge. They're going to have enormous amounts of money to spend. Uh, I, I would go to San Francisco over Chicago right now. If I was good old Aaron judge, cause the Cubs are, uh, you know, a, a whole team away. But my, my point being here is, uh, you know, if you make $230 million a year, and again, hard for all of us to understand this, this thing versus 250, what exactly is the difference in your lifestyle? Cause Not I don't, much. I don't see I mean, you can afford that $19 double meat, avocado, guacamole, Coca-Cola burrito, no problem at 230 mil or 250 mil. Yeah. And he's no, betting on himself and he's winning. But I, I always get confused by players who want to play this out so they get every last cent. Because he is. this is not a 25-year-old. Aaron Judge is 30. Um, and sure, I'm sure he knew his body and whatnot. 
But let's just say for argument's sake, he did have a bad year uh, and, and or got hurt. It's a lot of it's a hell of a lot of money to be, you know, risk reward here. I don't think it lines up myself, but he's winning this. this uh, and congratulations to him for that. But I just don't get it. Yeah, and I totally like I've heard that argument from plenty of different people. Um, but what players want to do is they want to maximize their worth. And there are not many players who can, let alone one, make it to the majors, but also have like a prolonged career. And when you're able to do that, you want to maximize your worth uh, because it's obviously it's a grueling season. It's grueling off-season workouts. It's basically a 24-7, 365 grind. Um, and that's also not accounting for like there's not many people who can actually do this. Um, and if you're in a position – um, where you can make all this money, you want to maximize yourself. So I don't, I, I don't blame him one bit. I, I know I'm a very pro player kind of guy. Um, Did you just I'm, say I'm all that about maximizing the worth, Carm? That's what you got to do. Listen, I, I, athletes get paid whatever you can get paid. It's you're in the most exclusive country club in the world. Everybody plays sports, or at least most of us do. Yeah. Uh, you know, little league, whatnot, and you're the dude that made it. So. That's yeah. that's incredible. Make all you can. However, I'm just talking about the logic of the decision he's making. He's going to win, win out here. Congratulations to Aaron. It also does make me wonder, like, do you really want to be a Yankee? Or, which is fine if you don't, but mm-hmm. makes me wonder. Yeah. And Brian's asking, could you see the Mets making a big pursuit of ju- for Judge? They're, they're pursuing everyone else, so what do you think? It's a logical question because the Mets, they seemingly have endless money to spend, but I do not see them being players fair and judge. Um, that would surprise me. Um, I'm pretty positive that even before the season that John Heyman of the New York Post um, reported that the Mets would actually not pursue Aaron Judge if he became a free agent. So um, Heyman, I know, has very good Yankees and like New York sources. So um, and I've everything that I've heard previously has lined up with that. So that's where I'm at. Who do you have as potential competitors with the Yankees, Bert? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the first two that we mentioned, uh, the Giants, I think they make a whole lot of sense. They got money to spend. And the one thing that they've done very smartly is they have not signed players to these mega deals. They wanted to clear the books. They wanted to have that flexibility to do it if that opportunity presents itself. And adding Judge, um, to me, would definitely be that because um, they, they lack that uh, that big bopper in, in, in the lineup. Um I mean, they obviously had one for all those years with Barry Bonds. I'm not saying judges Bonds, but, um, I mean, it's a big bopper in that lineup. So uh, then the Cubs, I think, makes a whole lot of sense too. But I just don't – I don't see them being the most likely team. Um, I think they're not going to do that quite yet, even though there's been reports that have been suggesting that they have a lot of money to spend. So Well, they, I, they I'm, do – they do, and and, and uh, their general manager has been on the radio this week saying that when we are in a position to make a move, the money will be there. But to your point that you just made, they're not really in or anywhere close to that position yet, so it does feel premature for the Cubs. But it was premature when they brought in John Lester back in 2015. They weren't seemingly ready to win, but he was available then, and that worked out pretty damn well. Um, sure did. Brian's putting. I'm actually pretty sure that one came down to the Giants and the Cubs for Lester. Is that right? Um, so I mean, that could end up being another case. I mean, with a couple more teams. Well, and and, and you know, no, nobody thought that John Lester was ever going to leave the Boston Red Sox, but then the way the Red Sox played that out, trading him to Oakland, 
uh, you know, he ended up giving him the one finger salute and saying, you know, Theo, you're my guy. It's who I came in with. I'm going to join up with you in Chicago. But in that particular case, there was a relationship that had already been established, which uh, we're not, you know, Aaron Judge doesn't. I don't I don't know of any relationship he has with the Giants and or Cubs and or whoever else is out there. So that's a little little interesting. Uh, Brian's putting in the Padres. I mean, they're spending on everybody, too. But that seems tall for San Diego at this point with their payroll. Yeah, especially when they have Tatis Jr. and Machado on the books. I mean, yeah. I, I think he's right that it makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I just I, I can't see them being a serious player. And also, like, speaking of the Padres, um, Dr. Inc., uh, when we first started the show here, asked, are the Padres stuck with Eric Hosmer? Um, I, it's going to be tough for them to trade him. Um, for a multitude of reasons is two or number one, they have tried to trade him for two years now. Um, at first they had no suitors. Um, this last year they had the Mets and the Padres thought they had a deal in place to trade Hosmer to the Mets. And then the Mets ended up failing Chris Paddock's physical and the deal went poo poo. Um, and now I, I mean, the thing with Hosmer now is he's such a huge part of that clubhouse and like he's viewed as a strong locker room leader and trading him when he's had a, like a decent start to the year, um, I think is going to be tough, especially since I think considering his contract, teams are going to want them to attach one of their top prospects just to take on that contract. So it's, it's going to be difficult. My guess is he stays. Um, but from everything that I've heard, Preller is going to be pretty creative at the deadline. Uh, uh, it comes as zero surprise, though. Uh, just knowing how he is, but creative is the word I've heard. Cosmer earning 279, four homers, 29 RBIs. The useful in, player. In 62 games. Right. I mean, I know for a fact that the Cubs tried to get him, and to your point that they wanted a sweet prospect attached to it, and San Diego, I'm not sure which one, and San Diego was like, yeah, I don't think so, buddy. So take that, Jed Hoyer, you former Padres general manager, you. Uh, all right, let's get on the field for a second here, and then and then we will get to Lorenzo Cain in five minutes, one of the classiest players um, going who was just handling uh, being designated for assignment as well as you could possibly handle it. But we had an incredibly cool debut last night. Congratulations to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, O'Neill Cruz is a six foot seven inch shortstop with a laser for an arm. He threw one across the diamond last night, 96.7 miles per hour, which is the fastest throw to first base uh, by anyone in baseball all season long. Now, he. Sh- the play, actually, if you go back and watch it, he takes an extra step, and he didn't really need to do what he did to get Wilson Contreras by a half, half step. But it just It was not perfect form. But, uh, hey, you can make up for that when you can throw the ball that fast. And uh, the Pirates won 12-1. to 1. He also hit a double thrown out at third with uh, an exit velocity of 112.9, which is the hardest ball hit by a Pirate this year. And uh, this dude's straight cool, man. The, the Pirates have been waiting for this guy. So this is, a, this is a really fun add to the baseball season. Yeah, no, it sure is. And the, the Pirates drew a lot of hate um, and criticism from fans for not calling him up sooner. Um, but 
the way he started off the AAA season, like he really, he really struggled. Um, and they waited. And there's a few people who mentioned as soon as I reported that he got called up, that the Pirates waited until after the Super Two deadline. Um, and I mean, teams that's that's been an issue for Standard. years now. Um, but that guy, I remember a couple of years ago having somebody tell me about O'Neill Cruz, and he used the word unicorn. And there are not many people who can do what he does, both offensively and then defensively. Like with a 96.7 mile an hour rocket from shortstop, that did not please the Carm enough. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, but I'll tell you, like between him, you have Brian Reynolds, you have Jack Sawinski, um, you have like you have a decent amount of young talent. That's not even mentioning Key Brian Hayes, who just signed. Uh, the most lucrative deal in Pirates history. Like the Pirates have pieces. Um, I just am very curious to see if they can actually like, you know, start to compete um, because the word compete and the Pirates have not like gone in the same sentence for, for quite a while. But well, O'Neill Cruz, good start. I, I don't How high, what, when you talk to scouts or Bert, how high is up for this guy? I mean, the, and he, I'm, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have been called up sooner, but his numbers at AAA were not exactly he needs to be called up. The dude was hitting his slash line was 232, the batting average, 336 on base, 422 slug. That's not, you know, that does not scream he's ready. That screams no. actually leave him down there. Although if his numbers to like start off the season were significantly right. worse, right? But, he's been hot as of late. I should have put that in there. Okay, fair, yeah, fair but no, I'm sorry, but but uh, yeah, I'll. He's not a perfect player at this point, and that's why Like I asked a Pirates person um, what his expectations were for Cruz now that he was called up, and he's like, honestly, man, I don't want to put too much pressure on the kid because, yeah, he's really talented, but he's still really young. Um, and, yeah, they just don't want to put too much pressure on his plate, but it would not surprise me if he ended up living up to his potential if he's – a top 20 or top 25 player in the game, if not better. Like, he's that good. Oh, I I mean, whatever, just just one game. But I, the he looks all of that to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, um, you watched the game last night where he ended up hitting that absolute rocket in between center and left. Um, I mean, that was just – it was a freaking rope. He got thrown out at third base. But, um, yeah, the guy, like – there are not many people who can do what he does in the ball field. Like all props to him. And um, if it works out for the pirates, like that could be like a franchise altering kind of player. The, the only, you know, slight issue that I would throw out there or not to be negative in the least here. Yeah. But um, you know, he wasn't competing against a major league team last night. So that's fair. I mean, the Cubs, I, I, I have never, uh, and I support what they're doing, by the way. Um, no problem. You're, this is what you should be doing. But that is not a major league baseball team. And he's was going up against a triple-A pitcher who might be a big leader someday. So I, that's just – But uh, so I just wanted to get a dig in at the Cubs, I guess. Speaking of um, – not really speaking of the Cubs, but speaking of that division, Bert, let, let's talk about uh, your guy who you have – known uh for a long time because covering the brewers the way you have just an incredible competitor 
and yeah. a winner. But uh, at the end of his career now, Lorenzo Cain, uh, released by the Brewers, two-time All-Star, Gold Glove winner, finished in the top 10 in the MVP voting twice, uh, but was hitting 179, 145 at-bats uh, this year. And, quote, Lorenzo Cain, it just got to a point where it's probably time. I haven't been performing like I would have liked, but the situation is what it is. I've had a great career. That sounds like a guy who's done, not coming back. What do, what do you know about Lorenzo? Yeah, that to me is the expectation is that he'll probably not play again. Um, but that being said, he is already starting to get interest. Um, I, I've heard of a couple teams that have checked in. Um, or that will have uh, will have interest. Um, the Dodgers, they were one of those teams, but they ended up um, getting Trace Thompson in a trade. So, like I would imagine, that's ruled out at this point. But but Kane wants to go back home to Oklahoma. He wants to. Um, he just wants to like spend some time with his family, recharge the batteries, and then figure out what's next for him. And I was told that it's going to be quite a while um, until he like makes that decision because he does not want to rush himself. Um, he's got three kids and uh, he reminds people of that every single time that he's um, talking to people um, just because he loves his kids. But um, if that is the end of Lorenzo Cain's career, like I owe him a great deal. Uh, he was super nice to me when I first joined the beat. Um, he was a guy who was super energetic in the clubhouse but he also walked around like his legs were falling apart uh just because that's the way that he goes um and yeah it's if that is the end then props to him because he got to 10 years of uh, major league service time and actually on that note i heard from both sides um after it was reported that um that he was designated for assignment that it was truly like a mutual decision, like, and that the Brewers did right by Kane because they had been discussing letting him go for a few weeks and they waited until he got the 10 years of major league service time. And I had somebody tell me, let's say that he was on a different team. Like I'm just throwing out a team here, like the Marlins, they would have let him go before he got to that 10 years of service time. And the Brewers did him right. And from what I was told, like that is going to, be on the mind of other players throughout the league when they're like looking at the Brewers in free agency because they treated Kane, who's one of the most well-respected players in the game, uh, with as much class as you could ask for. I that's like the such a heartwarming salary story with the Aaron Judge to start the show, and then okay, the Brewers knew go. this dude was done. We're gonna wait for ten years, so you'll get the maximum service time payments that you can get down the line. Do you yeah. know who does that come out of the Brewers, or is that just from uh, the the large pond that is Major League Baseball. It's not the Brewers. Um, I think it's the, I think it's baseball, but I'm I don't want to like say that definitively. I actually like I don't know how much or I don't know much about how that works, but I think that's that's what it is. Okay, then but I will to, check. Thank you, thank you. I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, Bert. Uh, but no, no, you're all good. But that, that's what I would imagine. It's not it's not Milwaukee's money, so you have every they have every incentive to do this right for a guy who's earned it, but that doesn't necessarily mean they would do it. And in mm-hmm. this case they did. It's also a team of contention here. Uh, they didn't exactly, uh, you know, have somebody waiting in the wings to take his spot either. But one, one couple more other, just this was from Kane. Uh, I've had a great career. I can't really be upset about anything. 
I wish all my teammates the best, coaches, trainers, everybody that I played with or met throughout my entire career. It started with the Royals. Mm-hmm. I wish them nothing but the best. It's really been it's been a really fun ride for me for sure. Um, yeah. That dude, and, I, I love that guy. Tremendous yeah. competitor. Tremendous. Oh, yeah. He's great. And like, and you wouldn't expect that because he's just like such a happy go lucky dude. And then when he gets out on the field, like dude's a freaking competitor. And if, if he does return Carm and starts playing for a team again this year, um, I was told it's going to be a very narrow list. Um, he'll want to be on a contender. Um, and he'll want to have a chance at a World Series. He will not go to a team who is going to be 35 games back late in the year. So it's going to be a narrow list, but wouldn't rule it out. But it's going to either be returning for a contender or retiring for Kane. Okay. Uh he has earned the right to make any decision that he wants to make. If he wants to be a bit player for a contender, okay. Do you get back in there? Maybe go out with one more key base hit with a game on the line type of thing, which is what Lorenzo Kane has done so so many times. Uh, all right, trade deadline creeping towards us here, Bert. It's August second, so we're still good six weeks out. Uh, but you've got Toronto Blue Jays news for us or interest, perhaps. Yeah, they're already like serving the market for different players. Um, I had mentioned on previous shows last week uh, that a left-handed hitter was something that they were interested in, and it sounds like they're also going to be exploring the starting pitch and also the bullpen market. Um, for a starter, they're going to be looking for like a lesser like number four or five starter just because they have one through three, a, a very good situation there. Um, but I would expect them to try to add like a, a decent bullpen arm uh, in, in the late innings. So like that's going to be something that I'm watching for. They're already starting to look. Nothing is imminent there by any means. But um, they're, the trade talks throughout the league are starting to happen. Like teams are starting to like put feelers out to see like what things are going to cost. Um, and I, I know there was a question in here. Where is it? It was from Brian, whether I think that this deadline will be more busy than last year because of the extra wild card spot. Um, in some ways, yes, I think that's going to result in more teams looking for upgrades. But it's also like I'm struggling to figure out how many teams are going to sell. Um, and we're not going to get clarity on that for a little while um, just because we're still a month and a half away from the August 2nd deadline. But I'm not sure what the market's going to look like and how many teams are going to sell. And if there's not many sellers, then these teams that have these players are going to be asking for more and we can end up seeing less deals than usual. So um, six weeks to go, as I said, a lot can change, but I'm wondering just how busy this deadline is going to be, especially since besides Frankie Montas, there doesn't appear to be a headliner here. You want to take a swing at who will pair up with the Blue Jays and make a deal for someone in the late innings? It's a hell of a question. I, yeah, I mean, there's all these teams are going to end up being looking around for bullpen help. Um, so I don't know. Like, that, that's a tough one. But I think a guy who makes a lot of sense for them would be Andrew Benintendi for a hitter. Um, I, I think he's going to end up garnering quite a bit of interest um, from, from teams around the league. And it, that'll be a pretty substantial trade package, I think, to get him out of Kansas City. Go Royals. Get that's right. That, get that value. Uh, speaking of value, let's go over to the ALS. We brought up Shohei Otani, whose jersey we gave away uh, in one of our sweepstakes uh, 
I think that wrapped up last week, two weeks ago. Time flies. But so we're trying right now to establish what the actual value of Shohei Otani would be on the open open market. Now, he's a free agent, by the way, after 2023, so it's coming quick. And the Angels Mm got to figure out a way to pay this dude. And he's making right now five million dollars. I mean, he's, he's he's a straight. He's the biggest steal in all of baseball. Yep. And so, so some I I forget which publication. My apologies. That uh, they 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 pulled J D Martinez and, and Robbie Ray together. Um, they both make twenty two mil. So add those two, and that's forty four mil for Otani, pitcher hitter. And then his incredible marketing value. Throw another fifteen on that. So now you're at 59. So let's call it an even 60 mil for Otani in the open market. In the open market. And by the way, he wants to sign a really long-term deal. So that's 10 years and 600 million dollars. Bert, that's a lot of dough, buddy. It's a lot of dough. I don't think he gets 600 mil uh, or uh, 60 million million a year. Um, but I I asked a few people in recent days, like, hey, like, so let's say Otani hits the market right now. What's he getting? And John Heyman floated out the number of $50 million, and I had somebody respond with, that would be a good deal for teams. I think it's going to be between 50 and 60 if he hits the market right now. A lot can happen in a year and a half. But if he hits the market now, is we're probably looking at like in upwards of 50, but lesser than 60 on a long-term deal, Carm. I mean, I just and, put 60 out there, and you were kind of like, yeah, no way, but you just kind of put it back out there. Yeah, it's going to be somewhere between that. I'm going to guess a little bit higher than 50, but like, yeah, that's still it's a lot of dough. Um, is he worth it? Yeah, because like, so what he does on the mound, it just he's an ace-like pitcher if he's going right on on the field as a hitter. He's great, but there is a lot of concern there, especially with the injuries and whether or not his arm can hold up. Um, and, man, I'll tell you, it's it's a huge risk by some team, but if you sign Shohei Otani, you are going to have ticket sales up the wazoo. You're going to have a Japanese market who salivates over him um, all over your team, going to be covering him. You're going to get nonstop attention. You're going to have fans in the stands. It's, it's, it's going to be a big, big, big deal. Um, there's going, I would imagine there's going to be a, a strong market for Otani, but I think the number is going to be over 50 if he hits the market right now. So it, I've seen a couple of places that written that people would be you know, jumping at giving him four years and 50 a year, so say four for 200. Yep. And, but he wants apparently a long-term deal. So I don't know. 10 years, and by the way, it looks like we're going to get Fernando Tatis Jr. next week, so that'll be nice for the baseball insiders. Pretty um, good. Sure to see if our guy Hunter Armour. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's it feels like an, an enormous amount of risk detailing all the arm troubles that he's had and that you're going to give him that much dough for a really extended period. That just doesn't seem like it's going to work out particularly well, but that doesn't mean the teams won't do it. Are you expecting that he'll get eight years, something like that? I would imagine he's going to end up getting it. He's going to, he's going to get it. Uh, It's just a matter of what that dollar amount looks like and whether there's going to be one team that's willing to give him 50 plus million a year uh, on that long-term deal. Um, For a player like Otani, it wouldn't surprise me. 
but man, that, there's a lot of risk there. A well, you're, lot. You're, you're, pl- you're paying Anthony Rendon a boatload. Same thing with Trout over 40. You give, yep. if you gave Otani another $50 million, the Angels on those three players are going to be at about 130 for three players. Yeah. And I don't I, know how you do that. I don't that. think you can do it. No, you can't. Um, so what do you do? You trade Mike Trout? Boy. You're if you trade Trout, him? you might lose Otani. You got it. Boy. I mean, that's – I would not trade Mike Trout. That's okay. not something I would do. You're going to let Otani walk? I wouldn't – I wonder – I think the Angels would try to attach a top prospect or two to get rid of Anthony Rendon in that contract. That would be my first thought that they would try to do it. I don't know if they're going to be a team because that contract is just nuts. Because if there's a team that's not willing to take on Eric Hosmer, who's actually playing, then I don't think there's going to be a team who takes on Anthony Rendon, who has been battling injuries for the last year and a half. Uh, it's just that's going to be tough. That's that's going to be the decision um, that defines Perry Manassian's um, tenure with the Angels. Yeah, but I think you just summed up exactly what needs to happen. I mean, Rendon signed a seven-year, $245 million deal that takes him out to uh, – he's 36 years old in the last year of the deal when he'll make $38 million, um, up from the 36 he's making right now, and that'll be 2026. So you'd be asking a team to take on 38, 38, 38 and 38, four years of 38 starting next season. So that is 152 million. Better be a hell of a prospect. Or two. That's or the thing. Four. Like, I'm wondering because their farm system isn't that high regarded. So I'm wondering who they would be able to attach. Like, Joe Adele does not have the same value that he once did. Brandon Marsh, good player. I mean, uh, the Angels have not been willing to deal him. Boy, that's uh, let's just say this, Carm. I am very happy that I am not the GM of the Angels right now. That would tear me apart trying to make that call. That's okay. not easy. Uh, okay, let's get to some questions here in the chat. The showy thing's fascinating. Uh, Brian's got three. First off, do you think the Cubs will try to extend Ian Happ or does he get moved? I hope it's he gets moved. He's having a great year, but I'd be I would sell Ian Happ all day if I'm the Cubs. Yeah, I would try to trade him too. Try to get some value and try to upgrade the farm system and because um, yeah, it's figure in a couple of years when they're gonna have all those top guys that they acquired, like Crow Armstrong and Owen Sessi, um, or is Happ still gonna be the player that he is today? Um, that's gonna be something they're gonna have to figure out. But I would if I was the Cubs, I would move him. Yeah, and and just move towards being the worst team in baseball. No problem. Keep on going. Wilson Contreras included. Uh, Brian also says, would you be surprised if the Mariners fired Jerry DePoto or Scott Service at the end of the year? Um, I think DePoto somehow is just escapes being fired. So my guess is he stays. But uh, Scott Service, I would let. I would let him go if they're not in contention. There's going to be somebody who's got to be the scapegoat, and Jerry DePoto somehow escapes being fired. So, yeah, I think Cervais would be the guy to go. And then um, Will Holder, uh, to answer your question about Tatis, uh, we have an opportunity to interview him on the show next Tuesday. So it was not anything newsworthy, like something to report, but like we're, we're probably going to have him on the show next week. 
pretty newsworthy that he'll be on the show. That's a big time deal for the baseball insiders. I call that. Oh, it's, it's a huge deal, but people are waiting for the wrist injury news, and we'll be able to provide that on the next baseball insiders next Tuesday. There we go. Uh, and then one more for Brian saying he feels like the Nets have to fire Davey Martinez uh, and and GM Rizzo at this point. He's rushed up pitching, pitching prospects from double-A um, and time for a house cleaning. Thoughts on where the Nats are going? I, the, the thing with the Nats is I think both of their contracts, I think Rizzo is up in the air after this point in terms of his contract situation. But I think Mike Rizzo is a good GM. Um, I would have a very hard time getting rid of him. Uh, Davey Martinez, like, I, I feel like if a team is struggling, uh, especially with the Nationals, because, like, they came in this year with no expectations whatsoever just because they they sold off everybody last year. I, I would not I, I would not try to fire those guys. Um, they, but they, well, at they, some point, you're going to need results. I know they won a World Series a few years ago, but my, my gut tells me I wouldn't fire them. I don't think I would. They both got contract extensions in September of 2020. It was speculated that it was a three-year deal, so 2023. Don't do anything that makes them lame ducks going into next season. Never ideal. So there you go. Uh, there you go. I, listen, Davey Martinez, my favorite thing about Davey do you know when the, you, do you know the story about when the Cubs traded Davey Martinez? I don't. He was a young center fielder with the Cubs. I'm speaking out of turn right now. Um, and this is Googleable, so we'll just leave it out there. But uh, he, there was a prominent Cub who was married at the time. And uh, Davey was not a great teammate to that Cub. So he had to be shipped out instantly. And in the middle of the night, the Cubs traded a young Davey Martinez who had some potential for an old aging Mitch Webster because allegedly uh, things were going on that should not have been going on. Wow. Oh, boy. Look at that, Carm. That's yeah. a story I had no idea that was Allegedly. 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 That's Allegedly. a key word in all this. Allegedly. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's why you listen to the Baseball Insiders. You never know what happens. That That was, I wouldn't call that inside information, but not information that's being talked about on all podcasts right now. Uh, let's see. DC Hendricks, if you're, if you're in charge of the Mariners, you're obviously sellers at the deadline, right? If so, who, who goes first? What's going on in Seattle, Bert? I'm telling you, like the, the Jesse Winker thing to me is extremely interesting with, um, with him signing that two year, 14.5 million deal last week or last week to avoid arbitration. Teams now know what that salary figure is going to look like, and it's pretty cheap. I know he struggled this year, but he's got a long track record of success. Teams loved him um, after, like, they've loved him for a while, but, like, he drew quite a bit of interest after the lockout was over. Um, so I, I think he's gonna he's a very real candidate to be the first Mariners player traded. Um, and I think the Padres were in at one point. Um before he was traded to the Mariners. So, like, that's a possibility. There's going to be some other teams that emerge, but I think Winker is going to be the guy to watch. What about our guy Trey Turner leaving the Dodgers in the offseason? Tim Kelly is asking about that. Thank you, Tim. 
Yeah, that's it's a good question, and it's something that I'm starting to try to figure out. I think there is there is a chance that he leaves because the Dodgers have to figure out: Do you extend this pitching staff, uh, starting with Walker Bueller, or do you keep Turner long term? And if I was the Dodgers, I would try to keep Turner because he is a very, very, very good player who can do a lot for you. Uh, defensively, he's a, an elite shortstop, uh, can hit, he's fast. I, I had somebody tell me about a year ago that the, the stat war was created for a player like Trey Turner because he can do so much on the field. So I would have a very hard time letting him hit the open market, but they did it with Corey Seager. Um, and it's possible they do it again for Turner. And Turner is going to get paid. For me, he is the best shortstop that will be on the open market this year. That's even including if Carlos Correa is a free agent after or if he opts out of his contract with the Twins. Um, and that contract is going to be expensive. Uh, he'll get more than Corey Seager. He'll get a, a substantial amount more, I think. Um, all right, I, I, let me rephrase that. He'll get more than Corey Seager. I'll, I'll, I'll put it like that. It's interesting, too, to think about like a team like the Dodgers who literally spend on anything. But, okay, Corey Seager, you can go to the Mariner, to, to the Rangers rather for $325 because that's not in our budget. And here they are sitting up top. The NL West, of course, where they always are, tied with the Padres and the Giants uh, lurking around here at three and a half back, eight games over five hundred. Um, let's see here. Johnny wants to know, do you think the Cubs will look to get close to major league ready town for Contreras like they did with Craig Kimbrell? I don't know how major league ready Nick Madrigal is turning out to be for the Cubs. He's been hurt all year. And, of course, uh, the relief pitcher that they got as well, Cody Hoyer, he's had Tommy John. So that trade that looked really good for the Cubs, it's not a bad trade, but it's not some impact turning uh, you know, around the Cubs trade, obviously. But what do you think they get for What are you hearing on Contreras? My guess is the package they get for Contreras is going to be pretty similar to the one they got for Chris Bryant. Um, I, I wouldn't expect it to look like the one that they got for Kimbrell because Kimbrell had a year and a half control. or He, had a, he, had, he was controllable. I think he's a free agent at the end of the year, I believe. Uh, Kimbrell is. He is. At the end so, of the year, I mean, a year and a half of control versus a half a year of control is a huge deal. So they're not going to get as much for – Contreras as they did for Kimball just because really? of that. I don't think so. A, Contreras is a significantly better player. Yeah, and plus he plays every day. Um, but also um, the the extra year of control to me, uh, that's a big deal. Um, it was, I, I, would ex, I would expect it to be like along the lines of a Chris Bryant deal. That's my well, guess. Maybe a little bit more than that. I mean, the Bryant deal got the Cubs the, the ninth best Giants prospect and the 30th best. And Caleb Killian was one of those prospects. He just got called up. He's pitching well at AAA. He's not pitching well in the minors. Got roped uh, last night by, by, by the Pirates. Um, let's and your see. guy, O'Neill Cruz. And my guy, O'Neill Cruz. That's right. There he we was, go. He was living the dream. Who do you th- right. uh, what do you think, rather, are some of the most underrated players that could be moved at the deadline from Brian? Anybody pop to mind on that one, Bert, before we get on out of here? And we appreciate you all with all the chats today. Underrated players that could be moved at here. the deadline. Let me look at this real quick because I had a document here. 
love when Burke goes uh, to the document. Um, yeah, because I'm okay. Full disclosure on this. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I've already created a document in my phone. Um. For about the, like the last month or so, um, trying to figure out who might be going where. And I'll tell you, um, the Red Sox going back into this and being a contender has thrown that for a loop. And I think that's going to be the case for a lot of these other teams because if they were, uh, if they were selling, there would be a lot more teams like that'd be looking at their guys. So that's going to make it tough. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find it real quick. Well, while you take your time, uh, I'll just respond to a couple of these. Johnny, if, if that's all the Cubs are going to get for Wilson Contreras, I hope they extend him. You would be in line with a lot of Cub fans who hope that Wilson Contreras uh, ends up staying in Chicago. But uh, everything that, that I keep on hearing okay. being reported is that is that he's going to go. What do you got? And um, Go ahead. What? All right. The so, Walker Walker Bueller uh, question too. When will he be back? I mean, the dude just got put on the sixty day injury list uh, on Tuesday, um, so they're look the the it looks like September, probably at the earliest for Bueller if he gets back this year. Go ahead, Bert. No, that's exactly right about Bueller. Um, they're not ruling him out for the rest of the year, but it's going to be a while until he returns, um, and he'll be shut down for a couple months, and then after that, he's going to have to be like building himself back up. So it's going to I would be very patient with a guy like Walker Buehler, um, especially if you're a fan who wants him to return. It's just it's not going to be anytime soon. Uh, but as far as two underrated trade candidates for you, um, number one, I'll start in the NL West. It's going to be Alex Colome, uh, Colorado Rockies reliever. He is um, he's having a very good start to the year, and for a team that is going to be looking for a leverage reliever, um, he's got the experience doing that. And he's done a good job remaking his value in Colorado, which you cannot say about many pitchers. Um, so he's going to be a guy who I believe is going to get quite a bit of interest. And then moving to the American League, and this is not going to be popular in Baltimore, uh, but Trey Mancini. He is a very, very, very good story out there. And trading him is going to probably be the toughest decision that Mike Elias has to make as GM. Um, but I think they're going to end up getting an offer that is going to be something that they're going to end up taking and they're going to end up moving him. That's my guess. But those are two of the more underrated trade candidates that we're seeing right now. But we're still six weeks away. I said that earlier. And there's going to be others. And there's going to be surprises that emerge. So, um as I'm able to figure those out, I will be able to tell you on the Baseball Insiders. And you want to know something, Carm? What's is that? How I can tell people like that or tell people this information that they can get nowhere else is if they subscribe to this podcast on YouTube um, because that, that helps us out a lot. And if you do subscribe, we will be best friends and pen pals and all sorts of different stuff. And maybe I buy you like a $20 Chipotle burrito along yeah. with a Coca-Cola. You never know. All I know, Bert, on that level, I'm going to call you out right now. I want everybody who responds to you on Twitter about this show, you must write them back and tell them that you love them from now on. I've, I've seen right, some, I will. I mean, I'll start right now. Carm, I love you. Thank you, buddy. I love you back, buddy. Hey, you you're, tune in every week, even if I, you're not on the show, you tune I, in. When I, I, hey, when I wasn't on, I tuned in. I, 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 I made a comment, buddy. You're, you're, you're 
And I know you're a very busy guy and you're tracking everything at all moments. You don't sleep. The only When you're awake, you're either getting baseball news or going double meat with guacamole. It's pending 20 bucks at Chipotle to keep yourself nourished so you can get to the next level. And that is what we love about you. That's right. Among, amongst everything else. so I will say, Carmel, speaking of the next level, I started bulking uh, ever since Orlando. Well, actually, like starting in Orlando, I started bulking. I'm up five pounds. So that's next level stuff right five there. Five pounds? Five pounds. Yep. Uh, of fat? Oh, of, of the good stuff. Of the good stuff. That's right. Muscle? Before the show today, I had two turkey burgers and a handful of fries. Okay. So we're, uh, we're, we're buzzing. And that's a great question from my, um, you know, whether you go double meat or you add guac. If, you, if you're not on Burt's uh, elite pay scale and you can only pick one, do you go for the double meat or do you just go for the guac add? To me, that's a, it's, I, I don't, I'm too cheap. I don't, I've never gone double meat. And, but it, so I guess I would say guac because I have done that occasionally. But I think it's a bad buy. I think you got to go for the chip and guac if you're going to do it. You get a combo situation going. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong there. The chips at Chipotle, oh boy, let me tell you, Carm, they are the they're the goods. They're salty as all can be, but little yeah. little, little lime texture, gotta love it. Now I'm hungry. Uh, yeah. All right, we're back on Thursday, two o'clock Central. As for always, Tuesdays and Thursdays, baby, through the baseball season, you get us twice a week. As Roberts leading the way to victory, damn it, and uh, I guess good luck to the. New York Yankees and Aaron Judge. May you have a peaceful hearing tomorrow. Yes. Also, one thing. We came very close to me breaking some news in the pod because as I was getting ready to um, as I was getting ready to hop on the show and like do my thing, I got a tip that Albert Abreu, the right-hander that was recently designated for assignment by the Royals, was claimed by the Yankees. We were about 20 minutes away from breaking news in the pod. So oh. hopefully as trade season gets closer, we can break a big one. Uh, as we're doing the show, which that would be pretty freaking cool. And also another reason to subscribe to the pod. There we go. That's happening. I'm speaking it into existence, even though we can't control it. Love everything about it, Carm. Let's do it. Okay. We'll see you Thursday, 2 o'clock Central. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for checking out the Baseball Insiders. The one and only Robert Murray. Follow him on Twitter, as you can see, at by Robert Murray. And check check out the Carm, too. Big stuff going on here. The Windy City podcast uh, tomorrow also at the 5 o'clock if you're interested in Chicago Bears football because uh, Bears always and forever. Bears. I know you love that show, Bert. You're a big fan. Oh, massive fan. I tune in every week, Carm. Thank you. Thank you. Have you subscribed? The day that ends in Y? Of course I have. That's my guy. All right. Thanks, Johnny. You're You're awesome too, pal. We will uh, see you on Thursday at 2. Have a great rest of your day. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.